The Press Box is here to catch you up on the latest media stories. Hosted by Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, these guys have the insight on the biggest stories you care about. Check out The Press Box on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. You should see Alan Shearer and Gary Lineker singing it in the office. <laughs> Gary Lineker wanted them to score. So when Emil Smith-Rowe scored, he was desperate. He was desperate for Saka to score so that he could do his Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe. Hi everyone, welcome to Writer's House on Ringer FC. I hope you're all safe and well. Today we're going to give flowers to Harry Kane and talk about his and some other striker performances from the weekend. We're also going to give flowers to Anna Hampton on her debut for England and talk about England, Spain, Canada and Germany in the Arnold Clark Cup. And my guests are Ryan Hun and Mr. Musa Akwanga. How are you doing, guys? Very well. Hey man, I'm in for Jeanette. Last minute change. Last minute change, she blew me out. The queen. <laughs> She's recovering from Winter Olympics. And the drip. And the drip. (laughs) She's like, what do you mean I don't have a ski lodge for Wrighty's house? (laughs) It's been a while since we've done one of these, us three. I know. It's funny because uh, you you, you catch me in a... I don't know how I feel. It's it's like... um, Yeah, I was going to say, how are you? I don't know, Ry, because I've been very philosophical, very happy, and then very sad over the weekend, certain things, obviously, because you just get on with doing what you're doing. But obviously, I I had that, that accident which was yeah. like um, really real eye-opening. And like when it happens, you know what I mean? I remember what, looking at my man, like Jay was driving and that. And I tell him, man, if you've, have you seen genuine fear? Never. Right? Not like, like that. We, not, we, not, we not, not like films, No. I swear to God, it's, it's, it's petrifying I, to see the guy's eyes, his face. And, you know, it, 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 was, it was horrible to see. But like, I, I can't understand how on that motorway, how when we hit the Central Reservation a couple, Times and it spun around and we ended up facing the other way, and then you could see cars. It's like watching a film, you know. You watch a film, they're going the wrong way, mm. and like when you see the cars coming, but then you see them starting to move like that. It was like a film, 
nothing hit us. Jesus. And then he's moved over to the hard shoulder. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking, if a lorry's coming there or a car, that's it. That's it. That's yeah. it. Fuck, man. And so, you know, it's been one of those kind of weekends where I'm just, I'm just, I'm pleased to be here, man. You know, God We're rest, you know, you know what I mean? Jesus. This is what I'm saying, you know, we heard about out there, friend Jamal Edwards, who passed away. Mm. And, you know, you just think to yourself, I could easily, I could easily have not been here because like that happens to people on the motorway. It's the car aquaplane, the guy wasn't even driving fast. You know, it was, a, a, and so the whole weekend, the point I'm making, the whole weekend has been up and down and in and round and feeling a little bit like, wow, you're lucky to be here, my, my friend. Man, I'm just glad you're all right, you know, because that was horrible. Yeah, but the thing is, right, I've um, made it. Poor Ian, these aren't the, the faces you want peering over you as you recover from your, um, <laughs> but I was, um, continuation of the nightmare, but um, what I was going to ask Ian was, um, what were the most important thing that occurred to you as soon as, you know, you emerge from that and you're like, okay, I'm alive, I'm alive. What were the kind of go-to things you're like, okay, I've got to do X, Y, Z as a result of this. Were there people you had to call? Were there things that you had yeah. been putting off that you were like, I've got to do that now? Because what was the sense of urgency that you felt? Um, I was, I was, because I was okay, Moose, I didn't feel, I just, I didn't want to worry people by saying, oh yeah, been in a crash. But obviously, um, I, I, I called Nance. Mm. And, you know, this is what I was quite nervous about calling her simply because she's not going to not worry. Right, of course. Right? And it's yeah. done. It was done. And obviously, then I called Rosalind. My first, my first re reaction was, um, it's really strange. I was more worried about the driver simply because he was, he was inconsolable. Oh my God. That yeah. it happened. Yeah. And I was just trying to make it, we're fine. We're fine. We, we made it. We're fine. Um, so it was really strange moves because that took up all my, like, okay. Energy, because yeah, I energy, felt like yeah. I had to make sure that, yeah. So I had to make sure that, no, 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 we're fine. It's okay. Mm. He's apologizing and crying and everything like that. And so then that happens. Then you think, okay, let me, let me explain. Like, I, I saw, it's called Nance, called Roscoe. And then while you're one, waiting for the car to come to get me, to bring me to match of the day. And then all of a sudden, while you're in there, then it's quite cool because I had this nice driver, this, this other guy, Scouse Gary. Um, who gave me, who drove me there. And he mm. was just talking about stuff. So I didn't actually even then think about it right. until I got to match of the day. And then Alan Shearer, Alan Shearer said, at least you got in time to see the tune score. Right. <laughs> so, peak Shearer. And that's, you're back. And you're back. You know, <laughs> peak Shearer. So that's, so peak Shearer. So Amazing. It's the, it's, the way, it's the way he dealt with it. Because yes. like, obviously yes. we, he, he hugged me because obviously everybody, he hugged me. And then he, he kind of like broke it down. And that's what would happen in a dressing room. You see, because- You kind of need that, that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yes, because you do need it, because you just need to stop thinking, because I'm, I'm constantly thinking about, every time I was on my own for a bit, I'm thinking, could be, could have died, I could be, I could be in hospital, anything could have happened. And then Al killed it like that. Then a couple of people send you the messages. Once they find that you're all right, then they start making little kind of jokes and we, you carry on with it. But it was, um, uh, I, I don't know how to explain how I felt from then till now, because oh, I slip into moments of, fuck, I could be, could we not hear? Right. Can't believe there was no cars, no lorries, no nothing hit us. Unreal. So I just like you say, wh 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 whether you believe it or not, in a higher force or something, I don't know. I don't know. It's the only thing I can, I can say. I just pray to God that it never happens to anybody again. Yeah. And I feel very fortunate to be here. I really, really do. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. 
After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. But it's a good job we had some football on this weekend. Can I say something? Um, I I spoke to my friends, Bardi and the guys. It was in the bar. And, we sp- and, and we're speaking about Tottenham, Man City, Man City, Tottenham. Mm. And I was trying to explain to them the enormity of what Tottenham did and how Tottenham are one of the best teams equipped to play a Man City team. No matter when, what form Man City are in at the time, Man City will be petrified to play against them. Because mm. they've, they've got components, especially if they can defend, like I showed on Match of the Day, very, very well and block off those areas, force them wide. And then you need to be able to break and have people like Harry Kane and Son who were just, they were just fucking unbelievable. They were so the, good, man. They were so good. And to the point, Ryan, I mean, me and Ryan, we were speaking about it, right? And I mm. said, I cannot believe the arrogance of Man City where that no one said, listen, that guy, Harry Kane, it's arguably the best football match I've ever seen him play. As a number nine, he'd done everything, dropping off, done everything. How they didn't have anything in place to say, well, we've got to stop that. We've got to stop that. I can't understand why that happened. They're not used to the disrespect. <laughs> exactly. When you saw Son cutting off the wing and occupying both the fullback Cancelo and Diaz and Laporte when yeah. he cut in and got that shot off, right? I thought to myself, mm. you people are not used to, you know, they're like security guards who are sitting in deck chairs, yeah. right? And for four <laughs> years, oh, oh, oh. You say Man City are like the footballing equivalent of mall cop. Yeah, they've not been, they've not been, yeah. They've, <laughs> they've not, not been, been, been tested. The donuts exactly. are on the lap. Why is there a dog on a skateboard? Ian, they've got, what the they've, hell? They've, got a, they've got a box of donuts on the lap and they have not even yes. been buzzed. They've not Musa. even been buzzed by exactly. a drone. And then, yes. It's funny because you say <laughs> yeah. that. The other, the, the other analogy I would use, the other example I would use is I was watching Avatar with the girls the other day. And remember that big, the big bird, what he ended up having to, to conquer. Yes, to exactly. Show them that. Yes, yes. It's the like levels. that big bird. That big bird's not expecting anybody. <laughs> yes, to jump. <laughs> exactly, to drop. No, that was Man City. That, that, that was Man City. That is and perfect. you know what was, what was really good about it? What was good about it, Moose, is that um, Harry Kane... No, and you know something? I think um, Harry Kane's getting flowers, guys, by the way. Got to get flowers. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, absolutely. Harry Kane's yeah. getting flowers because, like I say, it was, it was a perfect performance. And you know what was, really, what was really great and what I love about being able to do match of the day and do the football is to watch someone like Shearer the man was literally he was purring watching this guy's fucking performance a craftsman a craftsman do you know what he reminded me of do you know know what Shearer reminded me of matches I caught a bit of it you know the Green Mile, mm. right? Mm. <laughs> you know when Tom Hanks gets cured when he goes to the toilet for the first time? And he's just yeah. like... That's Shira. That was Shira. He was saying, oh, look at him. Oh, look at him. And you know what? The bit where Harry Kane heading in off of Carl Walker, Shira, he's literally jumped out and said, fuck off! <laughs> because you could see it's the kind of way that Al would get in there and go, get in! The old the gladiator. Head. The old gladiator, yeah. Honestly, it was brilliant. And can, can we just, just, just wind back to, the, to, to his first goal, please? The, the, mm. the, the, the finishing. It's unbelievable. Right. 
the touch. Oh, Jesus Christ. So good. Moose. So I, Moose. I, thought, I thought this was actually probably, a li- it went a little bit under the radar. This oh, it went well under the radar, Ryan, and, because and it was we didn't, too and we good. Didn't go, and we didn't go into the finishes too much on Stadio because we knew we were going to really go in on... Um, Ursula against Napoli. On, it's Ursula uh, against Napoli levels, right. the touch. No, it's a it's different so thing, I think. I think because because the thing is, like with with Urzel, he has a bounce and it sits up and he can focus on the touch. Mm. It's just the touch. The thing that's so it, the thing that's me and Wright were talking about this yesterday, and like the thing that for me is is so amazing is that mm. the ball's coming across across his body mm-hmm. on the half volley, mm-hmm. incredible at quite an awkward angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, people skew that that's, wide. They get that wrong. It's easy to get wrong. You have to be so precise mm-hmm. on the timing because you're not dealing with like just one. No, no, no. One kind of like trajectory. You're essentially dealing with two because it's right on the bounce. And you know Incredible. the thing with, with it, Moose, right, is it's not coming in towards him. It's a lot no. easier mm-hmm. when the ball's curling in towards you. This ball's curling away from him. Yep. So what you'll find and why it's gone under the radar, right, is because he made it look so easy. It will go mm. under the radar because you think, oh yeah, look how close he is, it's fine. It's incredible. But the trajectory of the ball coming in and going away from him, he hasn't taken it like on his left foot so you could take it on the volley so you can, you can just hit it fully and know mm. that you're definitely going to do it because you're taking it on the left foot. So it's not going past your left foot to go onto your right foot. So then you half volley it in. He's taken it on the half volley past his left foot and it's, it's not luck with the way he's guided it into the yeah, top yeah. corner. With the smallest part of his foot. With the smallest, beautiful. It's just like helping something on his, go home, ball. Go home. I just want <laughs> you to go home. And I'm going to- like that meme. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like flowing the- listen, I want you to go home and I'm just want, yeah. You know what it is? It's a paintbrush finish is what it is. It's a because beautiful, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful it's stroke. A slight diversion on its path. That's all you need. And these are some of my favorite finishes. Yes. No, but the thing with it is, Moose, is that people, and, and I think Ryan said something that's really so prevalent, is that it went under the radar. It did. That, that takes a lot of know-how and a lot of practice in training to do it that, that deftly, that mm. confidently, that, he's, he's, that man, he practices finishing. He practices finishing. I can't even tell you what it's like when you are in that place. And I've been in that place. And I remember I speak, it was like speaking to Ryan and I said, when I got into, when I got into, the, I came off the Sunday, I came off the Sunday morning pitch, went to professional football and I didn't, I, I didn't have a clue that football went to the levels it went to because I was mm. literally getting the ball on a Sunday morning. Um, if I lost it in certain areas, it wouldn't matter. Someone would win it back, give it back. When you get into the professional level and then you, they, they say, yeah, he's good enough. All of a sudden, Moose, right? I, I have to learn how to be a striker. Mm. There are so many facets. It's not just finishing. No. Linking play, running to make space for other people. I t- it, once I got in, in 85, I think Mark Bright came in 87. I, t- I, was, I was literally learning how to be a striker for two years. I watched Jesus. everybody. Mark Hughes. I even went, I used to watch Trevor Weimark. I watched everybody. I watched Ian Rush's runs. I watched Gary Lineker. I watched everybody, what they do, how they receive the ball. You know, and remember, I'm trying to do it while I'm at Palace because Every time I lost the ball or done something that wasn't at the level of a professional player, Jim Cannon, Mickey Droy, and those guys were fucking balling me out. So I'm actually having to do this petrified and learn it on a, on a daily basis. What I'm doing, watching players, you know, and like then the finishing is something like, I remember I told you guys, I spoke to Chris, Chris Waddle for that time at the, um, the yeah. PFA. And he gave me, it's almost like, and it was 87 when he was getting ready to leave Tottenham to go to Marseille. 
and he gave me a striker clinic of what you need to do now, mm. of what you need to do now. You know, to, coming off. So things like coming off from the halfway line to go and receive it from the left back is going to play in short because somebody else has made a run behind you. What you have to do to yeah. make sure that the defender's not right on top of you, you have to make sure you've done something while the ball's on its way across. You have to go in, come out again, move the defender. So as he thinks, is he going in? Oh shit, no. He's coming. Is he going in? So you can move him away because I needed to move him away. So when I get there, if my touch weren't right, because I was so fucking petrified of losing it because of Jim Cannon, it gave me a half a yard when I got there that the defender would go, okay, he's got it. I needed to work on that. And I yeah. didn't realise how fucking hard that was. My God. You can see that later in your game though. Like much, it's like, do you, know, you essentially did a master's degree while working a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you're in it. You're essentially doing it on the job. It's like architects or something like that. They actually work at a practice while they're doing their master's or they're, or they're finishing their degree. I wonder if they was as frightened as me. I was, I was petrified because remember, right, with everything that was going on, I'm thinking they might get rid of me. Remember, they signed me for three months first. Mm. Sorry, can we just uh, take a moment to appreciate that slight shade of architects? <laughs> I wonder if they were frightened. Yeah, but architects haven't got to deal with the shit I've got to deal with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Architects ain't got to go in and look at Jim Cannon and Mickey Droy. If you fuck up, it goes wide and you get another one. If they fuck up, a building falls down. <laughs> <laughs> True. One thing I'll say in your defence, Ian, about fear, I think maybe everyone's afraid. Like, you look at, like, even Messi and Thierry Henry, yeah. right? Look how they had to add parts to the game. Because when Messi was in a situation, Messi, there was a point where Messi didn't use to smash the ball, right? He used to side for everything. Oh. And then what happens is everyone's like, oh, we're just going to crowd the box. And Messi's like, I've got to start shooting from distance, right? Because people, yes. are gonna, people are not coming out to me because they know I'm going to run into a crowd of people and try and dribble. So they're just going to sit deep and come at me. And then Messi had to evolve again because people were like, oh... We'll come out and defend him from distance. We'll come out and block his shot, but we'll block it on the right foot. So then Messi develops a right foot shot from distance. And right Henri, foot, Henri yes. was like, oh, they're going to like foul me before I build up ahead of pace. They'll foul me 30 yards from goal. I'll need a free kick. Yeah. And Messi, you could see it. There was mm. Lampard went through it. Messi went through it, all these like forward players. Do you remember like there was a point where people used to catch Thierry Henry's free kicks? They used to catch them. They used to like, all like, and the, the free kick would float over the wall and it would land quite safely because they'd got the dip right, but not the pace. And then after about two or three years, it was like Messi, Lampard. You see, so second or third season, they're taking free kicks. They're hammering them in the top corner. Mm, and mm. that is only motivated by fear. It's the fear that like, at some point, all your talents have got you only so far in football mm. and people have worked you out and you become stoppable. And not to name names in this podcast because I respect those strikers too much, but there are definitely mm. strikers who got worked out. If that makes I thought sense. you were going to name someone from the right house. No, 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 no. But I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like calling. Like, no, I don't who like, is it? <laughs> no, but Ian, you know, I don't like calling people out like that. But yes, <laughs> I hear you, Moose. Yeah, you know you what I mean. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, I anyway. do. Can we loop, loop this back into the Harry Kane performance? Mm -hmm. I think in the modern day, mm. there's still this real ha like hang up about number nines. Mm. But I think that the way that the game has really moved into the goal scoring responsibility is as less on a number nine now as it probably ever has been in history, yes, right? Yes, Look at like wide forwards in particular, yep. uh, goals from deep, yep. even fullbacks and wingbacks mm. contributing. Yep. This to me seems like a document for how a modern number nine should play at an elite level. Has yes. To be. This Harry Kane, and mm. I, don't wanna, I don't wanna talk about the links to City, to be honest, because mm. that was everywhere was full of it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But this Harry Kane from, from Saturday in that Man City side, 
is probably the only kind of real component that makes him even better. Like, for example, if Romelu Lukaku could give Chelsea what Harry Kane gave Spurs on Saturday, it's a different it's game. A whole, it's all over. In previous games, you look at the game, was it, um, was it Manchester City, actually, where he played against them? So you can actually do a direct comparison against City. He dropped deep and he lost quite a few balls when dropping deep. Mm. And against Crystal Palace, he only mm. has seven touches. Now, those are happening because... yeah. At some level, he's not coming back to take the ball because maybe he's not confident in those tight spaces at this point. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, no, no, it's, yeah. it's a thing where, and the thing about this was, the thing about this performance from uh, Harry Kane, I know I've talked a lot this year about elite teams needing strikers. And some, some people have said to me, well, look, City top of the league by loads of points. They don't need that. And I was like, I was like, not yet. They don't, yeah, I'm not talking about like Premier yeah. League. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. about Champions League quarterfinal onwards. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about those players. You look, That's look, what look, they need. Nicholas Anelka had not scored. I don't think he'd scored for like, he'd scored like one goal in six months when he came to play in a semi-final for Real Madrid against Bayern Munich. Anyone that wants to see a classic mm. centre-forward performance, you watch Nicholas Anelka over two legs against Bayern Munich in 2000 Champions League. It is mind-blowing. This man is the most dominant mm. attacking force I've seen. And he was, that's the pure number nine performance. And this was almost like, because number nines, their role has been questioned. This was the equivalent, Harry Kane, of like, it was like a dinosaur watching the meteor and headbutting it and cracking it open. <laughs> it was like, it was like watching. Not today. Not <laughs> today. Yeah, that's the one. Not today. Sorry, that image just cracked me up. I said, no, it's fine. No, no, Ryan. No, no, no. Go for it, Ryan. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Drink in the image. Drink it in. <laughs> that's just a, d- image. Just a, just a dinosaur powerful. saying, oosh. Yeah, can you imagine? Have it. A million meteorites with a hangover uh, around the earth. No, um, one thing I want to say in, in, in defense of Manchester <laughs> City, the commentator's going, oh, Man City, see what they're missing. I'm like, <laughs> they tried everything. They threw the they entire could- bank of Abu Dhabi <laughs> at this man. But the thing is, yeah, but you, you say that, Moose. I don't know. Could they have done more? They went for Jack first. They did everything. Which everybody was quite- everything. You know, but the thi- what I what I was when I watched that performance from from Harry Kane, guys, mm. it made me think. I'd, I'd, I would love to see how he would have played in this team, especially when teams. Oh my god, you can't do you that know, to Spurs fans this week, man. You can't do that. No, no, no. But I haven't finished. I've got, so I'm going to give I'm going to give Moose my my roasting hot take. What I said to you on the phone yesterday, but like <laughs> seeing how they would play with them with teams dropping in, it'd be interesting to see how, especially the way Spurs. Stop those little areas. They had the five at the back. You couldn't get between the centre half and the right and the left or the right back because they made sure they put someone in there, whether it was Davis on the left side or Romero on the right side. They couldn't get into those holes. So the, where, where the spaces where Harry Kane, if a team gets it right, where's he going to operate? How's he going to operate? And what's he going to do? But like, when I do watch City, when they are in full flow with Harry Kane in it, I totally agree with Musa. The latter stages of them big games, teams who have to play as well, try and beat Manchester City. Harry Kane is eating everything a vulture, on the table a vulture, everything. in a Manchester yes. City, in a Man City team. Yes. Yeah. Can I give my hot take on Harry Kane? Yeah, this is why I've been pulling the face for the last 30 right. seconds, because I know what's coming. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I, would, you see, I don't know what's happening with but I see Harry Kane in that Roll. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh, there he is! Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. Ian, what have you done? Oh my In God. that role, 
my God. You know something? It's, you can't. Oh my God. I feel so sorry for Spurs fans because they can't even enjoy one of their best performances of the season without people taking the best performer on the pitch and putting him elsewhere. I think Harry Kane is, uh, he knows, he knows what's going on like with his body and how he is, how he's performing. Like he never really seems to shy away from being like, oh no, I'm not playing that well or mm. having been this shot. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. In, yeah. In, since Christmas specifically, he has looked a different player yes. overall. Yeah. Even though he's had that bad run, but just in terms of overall sharpness, like when he came back in at the beginning of the season, he didn't look fully fit. I wonder whether a little bit of that is Euro's hangover. But also I just think of maybe a, a lack of motivation after the summer. Why are you laughing, Moose? Hot take. I had a hot take. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what, what is it, Moose? What's hot take, Moose? Pogba to Spurs. <laughs> So, uh, you can't say that. Pogba and Bentancourt for match control. Do you know why? Because Pogba's most, <laughs> Pogba's best performance for me, my favourite performance of the last few years is the 2018 wow. World Cup when, when they play against Uruguay and he goes up against Bentancourt in that incredible midfield, Pogba Kante. It was amazing. And I was thinking, oh my God, Pogba and Bentancourt alongside each other gives you unbelievable match control and discipline mm. and you can play on the front foot and he's out of contract. That God. is a question I would ask. That's wow. what I'd ask. Wow. That's a beautiful midfield. That, Just that tactically, yeah. it's a beautiful yeah. midfield. Harry Kane, would, Harry Kane would love that. Harry Kane would love that. Paul Pogba in London. We haven't seen that yet. That's, a, that's another level. Wow. <laughs> See, there you go, Spurs fans. There we go. There's, there's a hot take for you. There you go. You thought that the righteous house parish taketh only... But there they giveth. But it giveth. <laughs> we giveth. We giveth. We giveth. Um, just, just wrapping finally on the Spurs thing. Obviously, this was an amazing thing from Harry Kane. And we talked a lot about mm. the, Spur, uh, the Spurs performance on mm. Stadio. If I was a Spurs fan, I'd just be like, thank fuck for that. Mm. Thank fuck that we've actually like seen what this can look like now. Because that, we, we said yeah. on Stadio, but like Conte seems to yeah. have these moments where he had the same thing at Chelsea. And there was a moment at Inter as well where it was just like, aha. That's it, the Eureka moment, right? Mm. And I wonder whether this could be Spurs' Eureka moment and, and, and like for them to really, really start kicking on under Conte. I hope so, right? I, I hope so for them simply because a, a, a thriving Spurs side drives, it helps a, a, an Arsenal side and it's a, a young Arsenal side as well. But what I would say about Spurs, what I thought the arrogance again of Man City not doing something to deal with their main threats, which is Harry Kane and Son not many teams are going to let them play like that because that's, for me, Spurs at their, yeah. their very best. Agreed. Their very best, what we saw there the other day. You can't afford to let them do that. So people are going to stop that happening. Manchester City, they were too, they were too fly, man. They were the emperor with no, they were the emperor with new clothes. <laughs> they didn't business. They didn't business. <laughs> they didn't think, they thought they were, they were, thought they were fully clothed. Dude, they were naked. Yeah, they Man were. City went out, Storm Eunice in fresh white <laughs> kicks. That's what they did. Oh my God. Big mistake. That is the perfect. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, that's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Uh, can we quickly talk about the best assist of the weekend? <laughs> Which, Which one? Pedri's shot that Obo just... Off his back, yeah. <laughs> when the stars align for you as a striker, that's what happens. Yeah. You know, someone will have a shot and you're trying to move out of the way, it hits you and goes in, you get your goal. Oba's got his first Barcelona goals. I know, wow. man. You know something? The first one made me kind of like, something inside went... <laughs> because that is Oba in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. I've watched him for so many years, the latter stages of Arsenal, his last few years at Arsenal, making that run with players with time on the ball and they do not put that pass over to him. Mm. That is him. Do you know that goal, that finish, Ian? It looked like liberation. That looked like a liberated man. Like the yeah. way that he finished that. The way he finished it, was, it in it, that top you know, corner on that see side. See Michael Owen's finish against Argentina. Yes. Do you know when the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper can watch those finishes again a thousand times and be like, there is not a universe in which I get anywhere near that finish. <laughs> like, you know, like when you see it and you're like, there's a finish that's like, you know, they call it emphatic because it's, there's extra. Like the finish was amazing. It didn't have to be that good. Like you didn't have to do a finish that good no. to be that keeper. And it was just like, no, I'm on business. I'm here. Like this is an announcement. This is a yeah. statement. <laughs> If you didn't know now, you yeah, exactly, exactly. If you don't know, if you don't know now, you know. <laughs> because you know the thing is, most what I love, what I love about when Oba gets, when Oba's in that mood. I remember, like a few months ago, I watched all his Dortmund goals, and when he's in that mood, he's got so much kind of like just swagger, confidence. Yes, 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 because his touch and to put it in, and Moose. He put it in the goalkeeper's left to the point where the goalkeeper is definitely thinking he's going to the right because the goalie, he couldn't move. My teacher used to say, take his soul away. He took his soul snatched away. His soul, yeah. he's, <laughs> he's snatched him because everything he was trying to do was properly. But you've got a striker in, in that form, in, in, in that mode. It, it, you're at his mercy, literally at his mercy. And what I say to people is the goalkeepers are waiting for a bad touch so as they can get that extra yard to come out and do stuff. That goalkeeper's setting his feet. He's trying to do something because where Ober is, he's thinking he's got to go across me here. And he killed him because he went to his left. He didn't even dive. The goalie didn't even dive. Oh my God. That's how much he, he, he killed him. It's beautiful to watch. Oh my God, the image yeah, is I mean, like me. Sometimes, sometimes yeah, goalkeepers have just like, I've got a bit of pride. <laughs> It's like in basketball, you know, when people just yeah. don't bother going up for a block on a dunk because they know they're going to be on a poster. It's pointless. It's yeah. just like, no, yeah. no, no, no. So I was traveling a few years ago, right? And I see this guy, I was in, in a restaurant. And I see this guy that's like, um, like myself, you know, upright, a black man of African heritage, walking down the street in the middle of this unnamed European city. 
with his girlfriend and the man was getting mm. the filthiest looks and the man was walking. Wow. It was the Imperial, the shoulders are back, mm. the chest was out. I thought to myself, yeah. this, Eno, this yeah. African man striding proudly through the heart of Europe. And I see Aubameyang walking. I'm like, yes, my brother. The shoulders out. Yes. <laughs> you, you look at Oba and he's, he's swag when he scored. It's like, for, he's back. He's back. Completely he's back. back. The powers are they, restored. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can feel it. You can see it, you know. So I'm pleased that he's somewhere now where he can do that because that's him. That's him in a nutshell. Can I be honest as well? Let's just throw in like, you know, obviously Arsenal-Brentford, the 2-1 win. Oh, yeah. And you see how they run the counter-attack for Saka's goal. Mm. You see that and you think to yourself, hang mm -hmm. on a minute. Isn't it so funny that like Obama left a team that was finally perfectly formed for his talents? Like, it's so <laughs> wild. It's so wild that all of us, just when Arsenal transformed themselves into the perfect unit for what he needs, the relationship's broken down. Like I look at like Lukaku or Inter, you look at Inter right now, Inter are even better suited for Lukaku's talents than they were when he was there. Like everything's there. They've got that five around him. And it's just really, it's really sad because strikers, and I know we're talking about strikers a lot on this, but I think there's a very particular way to deploy elite players, elite strikers. And it's incredible how if just a few circumstances change, an elite player looks you know, substandard, not at the level. Like a lot of people talk about Lukaku mm -hmm. now to the point where Tuchel yeah. actually came out and said, now is not yeah. the time to laugh at him, which of course will invite only yeah. further laughter. But Tuchel yeah, was right. Yeah. Tuchel was right. Yeah. That's why I love Tuchel, man. The very precise configuration him. that you need to get an elite player firing. What people have to also understand is how quickly, we, we just spoke about Aubameyang and like a few months ago, we're looking at him and thinking, oh my God, so sad the way it's ending up for him. So now look at us. He's on top of the world. It changes very so quickly fast. for a striker. Yeah. So it changes quick, quicker for, for a striker than any other position on the field. Because you've got an immediate tangible impact. Yeah, impact, yeah. Can I say with Lukaku as well though, right? Because I, I watched the game and we was analysing the game. We are, yes, we are going on a bit about strikers, but some of the times I'm thinking, runs could be, you could be making better runs. And when you watch, um, when you watch Kai, Kai Havertz and you watch Kante, you watch ZH, then actually they're not even looking for him in certain places. Wow. They're not even looking when he's got a defender where he's got to make a move to come inside to get the ball. They just roll it into him. They're actually not even looking. Oh my God. We've done it on match today. And Al pinpoint, we was watching, I said, Al, look at that, rewind. They're not even looking. ZH weren't looking. Havarts weren't looking. Kante weren't looking. Oh, no. And he was in positions where you just need to slide it through. So something's got to happen at the training ground or something where they're starting to cater, actually catering for him. Mm. But saying that, he's got, a be he's got to have much better movement in and around the box. Mm. So it's not on him. People can say what they want. I pl I've played in games where you don't have a lot of touches in the game. I ended up with two goals. It doesn't matter. They're making such a big thing of it. Mm. Oh, Lukaku only had seven touches. So Lukaku could have still, if they were looking for him, scored two goals. Are they going to say, oh, Lukaku only had seven touches, but he scored two goals. People say, so fucking what? Mm. The fact is they're not looking for him. He's not making great movement in the box. They need to come together and sort something out. Right. Yeah, and Absolutely. also Palace, Palace are no mugs though. No, 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 no. And the thing is Tuchel coming out, Tuchel coming out saying that, hopefully guys, they're, they're going to work on that in the training ground because people want to be able to point a finger at someone like Lukaku, like they did with Harry Kane at the start of the season. Like they do with strikers. Oh, he's gone. Oh, like they did with Oba. And Olivier Giroud. Giroud. And they oh need, they're going to need, yeah, Giroud's playing very well. They're going to need, here's the thing about Lukaku as well. They're going to need him. The people yeah. can talk all they like about, oh, you know, this and that, no striker. Like it's all, well, look, here's the thing. 
You look what Lewandowski is doing for Bayern at the moment. This man has extracted Bayern Munich from so many defeats. This man has extracted probably maybe like two of the last three league titles, you could say, don't happen without Lewandowski. They just don't happen. They don't they because he is so far. He is so him. far above and right, Ryan. You know he is so far above and beyond anybody else in the Bayern dressing room in terms of finishing and what he brings. He is so far and above. Like the only number nine in the moment in the world. You know the only like, it was Benzema, Benzema and Kane are in that kind of bracket. Mm, mm. And there's a kind of there's mm. a there's a gap between those three and others. And to me, it's like <sighs> Lukaku. It's like his 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 flourishing is in the best interest of all parties. I would say that with the movement, the best movement I think the front three at Chelsea is is Kai Havertz because he's one that disappears the most. Havertz disappears. I would say followed by Werner, um, and maybe that's a configuration that can work. Like you know, we haven't seen maybe enough um, wrecking. We haven't seen like Werner. Lukaku Havertz really given that kind of extended run as I would like it to for maybe various reasons. Mm. Yeah. But they're going to need him in those later stages of the Champions League and Tuchel knows that. Um, I just hope that, yeah, I, yeah. Hope it, I, I hope it happens for him. Me too. It's not a great place for a striker when you're going through that because people don't understand, on a, on a daily basis, it's like when you're injured, mm. you're living it every minute of it, the injury. When you're not playing well, you're living every minute, you drive your car, people look at you, they, they, they'll make mention Keep going. So you're never away from it. Mm. It's not like, oh, I could sh- I'll go home and I'll shut this off. You can't shut it off. Only time as a striker that you're feeling good is when you're playing well and you're scoring. Any other time, you are absolutely desolate in the way you're thinking simply because you want to be scoring. I'm, if I'm Lukaku and I look back at that, that game and see that they're not even looking, I'll be absolutely devastated because you're going to be thinking to yourself, well, when's it going to come? When is it going to come? Fingers crossed that they work that out quickly because like Moose is, like you said, Moose, going to need him. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, Arnold Clark Cup, it's been, for me, fast, it's been fascinating. So good. I've got to mention Ashley Lawrence, Buchanan, Jesse Fleming, Hitama. Jordan Hitama. Honestly, Canada, the way they shut England down, especially in the second half, then Janine Becky's goal, fantastic. Same with Millie Bright's goal, fantastic. But can we talk about I, the Millie Bright goal? Sorry to cut in. We Do you know what this to. reminded me of? Go on. Meza Ozil's volley against Newcastle. Do you remember oh, when yes, the ball bounces yes. up in the air and Meza Ozil yeah, is walking backwards? Emma said that when she was younger, she was um, she was, she was a striker, and you could see the way she she took that chance. She knows exactly what she's doing. She was Good in volley, total control of that. The way, yeah, but the way that she actually, she kind of peeled off a bit because she felt, mm, this is kind of quite dangerous where this ball's going. I feel like I'm going to feel this ball out. This ball's going to land here. But it's the way that you have to lean away from the ball so as you can get the connection. So as you're not too close, so you're not over it, you have to lean back so your foot gets the full connect. Your foot does its full swipe of the ball and she caught it perfectly on her laces. You can't just stand there and just volley that because you have to move your body shape. Right. So as your, your body's moved, so your legs got the space to hit it. And she, she done it naturally like a striker. It was a fantastic goal. Fantastic goal. Brilliant goal. Same as Janine Becky's beautiful finish. I'm amazed this tournament like how, there's a, these are some statements of intent, actually. It's really interesting to have a kind of a mid-season tournament where you're like, whoa, this like really means something. This is like a kind of jostling for, yes, does that yeah. make sense? This is real jostling for position. People came ready. Absolutely. But you saw what Serena done. Serena, she changed the team to, to, yeah. to prepare for Euros and where, who she might face in latter stages. There's a lot of tactical thinking in that going on 
in these games. Yeah, it was nine changes from the Canada game to mm. the Spain game. Which I found was fucking amazing. Yeah. Brave. I was watching Serena's press conference after the game and um, I just think she's amazing. Mm. The way that she talks and the way that she communicates exactly her, what yeah. she's doing for this England side mm. is such a fucking breath of fresh air considering so, what used yeah. to happen. Yeah. You know what's really cool as well, right? Is that like they're asking her, so do you think that was a risk to change nine? And she came forward that like she didn't understand the question. A risk. She kind of made reference to this is my team. I've got to find out about my team. I've got to find out what they could do. Because even before the game, I was saying nine. I'd like to have seen Leah Williamson and Kira Walsh, who ended up, did come in. They did come on. Same with Lauren Hemp. Um, I'd like to see them two as, as that pivot mm. to, to progress the ball. I think that that is something that could be worked on and that could have stayed in there. Such a brilliant tactical innovation, isn't it? It's br- not innovation, but it's a brilliant yeah. tactical move, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I thought that Jill Scott and um, Georgia Stanway, I thought they struggled, especially against Spain. We couldn't progress the ball. We couldn't do anything. We just were, we were just defending and we defended very, very well. But what you saw, especially in the second half, because Spain were fantastic. Mm-hmm. And if there's any team that definitely needs a striker, then, then it's spe- they do need a striker yeah, yeah. because they're, they're, they're magnificent up to there and then it kind of falls away. And yeah, I think for them Jenny to Hermoso, win it- though, right? Who's just like, what, number two in the Ballon d'Or? Or- yeah, but at the same time, right, she dropped back. She was way down on the left. She went over on the left side. I saw her some of the times down in and around the left wing, left back kind of vibe. She, she kind of really dropped out of it. They, if they had, like Germany's got Schula, Schula for us. Schula's amazing, yeah. Honestly, this is why I'm, fi- I'm feeling like Germany, especially with the amount of talent they've got, you know, Brandt and all the, all, the, all the talent that they've got, I think that they're going to be fucking dangerous. I wonder if it's early. Didn't it? It's funny. There's loads of people missing as well, right? They're like Lena Obadov playing centre-back. Yeah. If I mean with Spain, obviously, because you look at like, the Barcelona team, but if you look at where, you know, Hermoso is brilliant, don't get me wrong. If you look at who actually like blows the holes in defences, it's kind of, it is the wide forwards, right? It's not the... Mm. Hermoso is brilliant, but she doesn't blow the attacking line open in the sense that like mm. those other, those other. They need the, Lika, Lika Martins and them. Right, they've they got Lika Martins and obviously Oshorola is more of a kind of like a target, like a conventional, like someone that will break the line. So that is the problem. It's, it's what's fascinating about these teams. They've all got like huge strengths, but also identifiable weaknesses. And it's going to mm. come, I know I've used this uh, example before, but you know that the Women's Champions League uh, was it last year, it all came down to matchups, mm. right? Like yeah. conceivably Barcelona could have been done by PSG because of the matchups. And I find that, you mm-hmm. know, whatever happens at the Euros, it's going to be that. It's going to come down to like who matchups well against who. And it's, it's not necessarily the best team will win the Euros. Mm. It's the team that ends up with the kind of best, weird enough, what's the best draw in this case? Because not, none of these teams have evolved towards their peak yet, if that makes sense. This is why this tournament is so interesting. I think, and bingo, what, and bingo. what Serena said, mm. the great thing about this tournament is that you have to use it. This is a real advantage to have ahead of the Euros because yeah. you are really getting a look at two of the yeah. top, what, four or five teams in, in Europe? Yeah. Yes. And you're getting a yeah. good look at them beforehand. And obviously it would be nice to win it, but you can tell that she's not really interested in actually no, winning she's not it. Interested. It's actually like, right. Let is that, she kept saying, uh, uh, what did she say in the co- press conference afterwards? I think she said like gathering information. Mm. And I was just like, yeah, this is essentially like a, a, a recon job. I want to use yeah, one analogy very yeah. quickly. I, I hesitate to draw analogies between mm-hmm. men and women's football just because there's so many different variables. Mm-hmm. The one comparison I didn't want to draw, this reminds me of the Tournoi de France, 1997 
where you had those four mm. countries all kind of gathering information from each other. Yeah. None of them had peaked. Obviously, England win that. But you look at who was in that tournoir. It was England, France, Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. and, and um, Italy. Yeah. And in different, Italy, yeah. those, those are four countries that could conceivably have won the World Cup in different, you know, with different yeah. bits of luck, they could have all have won. England in 98, people still underrate how good that team actually was, right? And it was obviously missing yeah. a superb striker who couldn't make it there, who is with us today. Um, and it was, <laughs> when I looked at the tournoi in 97, I remember thinking to myself, not exactly that some famous information gathering, but like, this, isn't it fascinating that four countries who are so good, who genuinely have a chance at being, you know, on their day, a team that goes all the way, isn't mm -hmm. it fascinating they're playing against each other in a very serious tournament, like so soon before next summer. Like it was, yeah. and this feels like that. It feels like, whoa, they're all, they're all serious powers. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe, you maybe, can't yeah, not take does, it. Does, yeah, does, you does can't not take it. It's, yeah. it's fascinating. We're, we're so lucky that we have, and it happens yeah. so rarely in football. I had to mention the tournament because it's so rare in like world football that we get a tournament that on the surface means nothing, but actually means absolutely everything. Everything. Do you know who would be yeah. loving this the most? Canada. Because they're like, we don't have to play any of this lot in the summer. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know? And this is the yeah. thing that I think has been really impressive about England. And I know Wrighty want, wanted to give flowers to someone in a minute, which we'll talk about and wrap mm. up on. But like, you had one side who won the Olympic gold with Canada and you got the other side who are probably the tournament favourites for the Euros so far. Yep. And yep. England have used two completely different formations, well, two completely different lineups and done really well against both of them. Yes. Yeah. And also given a debut to someone who could be a legit star in the making for England in Hannah Hampton. Honestly. Your video about Hannah Hampton was amazing, the distribution. I loved that. Mm. Oh my God, Earth distribution, it was just fantastic. Again, I try to explain to people on a regular basis when I'm doing a women's game, every single girl playing football, every single one of those ladies have got an unbelievable story. Anna Hampton's no different. You know, she had major problems with her eyesight and her vision. Yeah. She, you know, she couldn't, she couldn't measure the depth of, of things with her eyesight, so she couldn't work it out. And she's turned into a top goalkeeper. She's overcome that. Another, another player that's overcome not only trying to get to play football as a young girl and everything like that, but she's had to overcome that eyesight condition to play for England. You, honestly, again, I, I marvel at these ladies. I really, really do. Because they're right at the top of it now. And it's just getting better for them. So pleased. For, she's got to get flowers. Absolutely flowers. And what's fascinating for England as well is one thing I didn't say, I want to just throw this in before I forget is they've been undercoached for years. Mm -hmm. so they've kind of yes, gone off the right. radar. They've kind of, they've been undercoached. So actually this is, this is beautiful for them because actually no matter how much teams can say, are oh, we really respecting them? They haven't seen England in their final form, right? They're going to catch a lot of people by surprise. I think one word. <laughs> Upgrades. <laughs> Simply because, so when you consider that Bev Priestman was Phil Neville's number two and looking at the way we were set up, that lady had no, she had no say. No say. The way she just shifted it around, dropped them back, pushed her, pushed her wing backs further forward and higher. Honestly, it was like, you know, we, we, we couldn't get them off us because she's good. She knows her stuff. Yes. What's that biblical line? We were lost and now we are found. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> it's like that. I love that someone like Bev, can, Bev Priestman can get herself in a position because we're talking about somebody who's, who's coached the under-17s, under-20s Canada. Now she's coaching the main team. 
She knows everything was on its way. She's got players that were there now. And now she's just molding them into something. I'm telling you. They're a good team, man. They're Canada, really, man. They of course. Canada. Of course. Of course. Jesus Christ. Can I just say one name? Mappy Leon. She's a fucking Whoa! gangster. She's a uh, gangster. <laughs> I felt sorry for Ellen White because Ellen White was, you know, with, with everything what she's done, you know, she's a record goal scorer and everything like that. But you can see playing against that caliber of player, why she kept getting offside is because in her mind, she knows she hasn't really got the pace to be able to deal mm. with what they're doing. She's going too early. And one of the things I would say with players that are coming to that kind of stage of their career, it's like you watch someone like Teddy Sheringham, never had pace all the way through his career. Yeah. But one thing he'd done, you never see Teddy Sheringham running offside because he's, what, what am I doing? What am I, I don't need to run offside. His link-up play was exemplary. It stuck like a fucking Velcro. And when he's attacking the box, no one attacked the box as quickly and as effectively as him. Now, I don't care how old you are, those things as a number nine, uh, when, especially when you're playing for England, have to be on point. Mm. Your link-up play, and I was watching Alicia Russo the other day, unfortunately for her as well, it just didn't work. Uh, link-up play wasn't good enough. And for the way that Serena looks like she wants to play, we need a more mobile, more all-purpose centre-forward. That's why I'm, I'm, really, I'm really sorry that Beth England is not about, because I would love to have seen yeah. Beth England have a run. I'm not sure how well Ebony Salmon can do at this level, but I think, guys, if I'm going to be totally honest, we might have a little problem in, in that area. I don't know. I think we'll be okay. They still created chances against an elite defence. Right. There were chances. Yeah. Hit the post. Yeah, what, just not the second yep. time. Not the second from half. our main striker. True. It's like we were talking about earlier on in the, in the show, though, with Harry Kane and also with... Mm. Well, not so much with Oba, but with Harry Kane specifically about, it doesn't matter if they come from the striker, as long as the striker is involved in the creation of them somehow. I don't think it has to be the striker who is on the end of all the chances all the time. Their involvement in it is the more important thing. And I think I think mm-hmm. Serena Vigman after the game was just like, yeah, we created chances still. But one of the things she was really, really impressed with, she almost seemed to love the fact that in, England didn't have that much of the ball against Spain. It's like, okay, now I know that we can cope with this. And she even said mm. stuff like, yeah, there are going to be some like hairy moments, but it's Spain. And exactly. like, we still created some chances. The way that she framed it all was so mm. like, this is a real like test run for some Because Spain, you look at Spain and they only need that person who can be in there to, mm. to finish that off. Whereas we have got the link up, the link up striker that is not linking up very well at the minute. Um, but like through Lauren Hemp, through... Lucy Bronze now playing through Kira Walsh being able to pick up the ball in those areas. We're getting the ball in there. We need at least, once we do get the ball in it, we do need that person attacking it right. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Mm. And I believe that in the link, in the build-up play, it's got to be better. Mm. It has to be. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to just continue to, to fall down. And that's the only thing I could see from us. Because when she made nine changes, I'm thinking, my God, why'd you do this? And then in the end, when the game finishes and you see, she said, she must have learned so yes, much exactly. from the fact that she's, she's changed the team so much that we didn't even, re- we had a 35-year-old in Jill Scott who'd done unbelievably, by the way, running around. Yeah, the place. she was good. Georgia Stanway, she kind of gave the ball away a little bit, but what, what, what do you expect? We're talking about a Spanish side that are they're waiting for any mishap, any bad touch, bam, they're on you. So that was a, a real learning curve for her. And with that team that they put out, not even our strongest team, we held them yeah. and we didn't have the same kind of potency going forward. So she would have learned so much. Guys. And do you know why we, 
it's all down to Hannah Hampton. We're looping this back round to finish the show and giving her Absolutely. flowers because Give it to her. she grew up in Spain. She moved to Spain when she was five. Mm. So she's fluent in Spanish. She's only 21, by the way, Hannah Hampton. Wow. This is wow. a potential long-term England goalkeeper. Without a doubt. 21 years old. And she afterwards mm. she said, um, yeah, I could just hear what they were all planning. So I just kept telling everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I could just hear what they were all talking about and they it's forgot really, she was like they forgot they, they forgot they forgot I spoke Spanish so I was just telling everyone That's what they were what, what they were planning it was fine <laughs> it's like it's like when somebody you know when somebody I saw bring I thought somebody brings on a note and then someone else grabs it did you see when that guy someone had the note and they was getting ready to run across yeah. to give it to someone and someone grabbed it and he was looking at it and then he grabbed it back so it's, I love when that happens my favorite one of those he, he, is looking at the note my favorite one of those is um Manuel Abue against North Korea in the World mm. Cup. Do you know the, what I'm talking about? No, 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 no. So the North Korean coach is talking to a player on the side and Abue stood next to him going, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's of course, yeah, of course, of Not course. The- that's amazing. <laughs> what was the Declan Rice one earlier this year? Um, but before I forget, um, with England, one fact I want to mention, a player who's not at mm. the tournament, my favourite England attacker, apart from Frank Kirby, is actually Chloe Kelly. And I wonder what mm. she gives, a fully fit Chloe Kelly, of course, that's a big if because yeah. of the injury, but... Mm. If we're talking about like Ryan said that, it's just like Ryan said something really stuck with me just a second ago about it's not even about whether they score the goals, it's about them being involved in the build-up. I think that she creatively, when you look at Man City when they blew teams away, she's always at the mm. heart of it. A fully fit Chloe wow. Kelly, technically, like her, the way she pulls wide, um, the way she supplies, the way she cuts, the way she crushes the bottom. Yeah. I think she is. And I, the thing, the Ellen White thing, this is no disrespect, I think because you've got established strikers who are proven but if you did have like, let's say the nine changes, if you did have like, let's say, you know, cause when you go to a tournament, you're managing a squad, not just a team. Chloe Kelly oh. in particular circumstances and Fran Kirby operating in tandem is absolutely devastating. It's devastating mm-hmm. whatever configuration end up. So I think if she can get fit for the Euros, I think she'll have a role to play. Um, and, I mean, uh, can you imagine, so Chloe Kelly, it might be, it might be too soon for her. Chloe Kelly, Lauren Hemp and... Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd even think, think say, like, can Frank Kirby play in there? I think England, I think in a different, here's a potential front three, right? A potential front three of, mm. let's say, in a, in a group game, let's say, and this is no disrespect to anyone else we've mentioned, but yeah. you imagine Kirby and Kelly either side of someone like England. Or yeah. Beth Mead. Beth Mead could do, yeah, Beth Mead. Let three of them just roam Interchange. and switch. And Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it makes, it makes sense. a problem. Yeah, I just had to mention Chloe Kelly because just to emphasise the riches that England have. I'm really excited about England. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah. so am I. And, and Serena, if I'm going to say, I can't wait. I'm doing the game, the Germany game. Oh, shout out to Sophie Lawson, by the way, who uh, signed off her question in the press conference and went, Danke Veil. And Serena got li- was really taken by, back by it. She was just like, oh, Dutch. Oh, good Dutch. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. That's so sweet. It was very wholesome. Ian, it was great to join you for this latest episode of Striker's House. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I did the... It went striker-centric. Hey. I love what hey. you did there. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening, guys and girls. I know it might have been a bit striker-centric, but I'm striker, man. There's another wannabe striker in here, and there's a kind of a wannabe midfielder. Striking's the best thing to speak about. Whoa, hang on. Wannabe? You thought I was gone, but I listen. <laughs> okay, on that note, see you next week, everybody. 